everyone, and welcome to another edition of Troy Noons is an Absolute Podcast. I'm your host, as always, John Casillo, and with me today is Dan Lyons, but also Noons magician, women's basketball beat writer, Sarah Stanley. Hello, everyone. Happy, uh, I guess, it, we're technically like, you know, selection week. We're a couple days from finding out our... Uh, our fate for both men's and women's basketball. I think one of those things is a lot more certain than the other, but still plenty of things <laughs> Yeah, I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me, guys. Of course, Sarah. Sarah's been doing a great job all year covering the women's team. Uh, for us, the better basketball team um, at the moment. Maybe for the last five years, it's kind of hard to... You, you might be hard-pressed to debate otherwise. Yeah, no, I... Yeah, I mean, you're really that. stretching. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I think you got it right. <laughs> So I guess, Sarah, why don't you take us through, like, you know, obviously we've been following the team, but you've been, you know, really kind of in the weeds with everything. So um, after like a thrilling, you know, last second victory over Florida State, uh, things didn't go as planned uh, against Louisville, kind of what happened in that game um, and and what's the kind of the injury situation, since I know that's becoming a big factor uh, for the team here late season. Yeah, so we kind of found out right as the first game of the ACC tournament started that Tiana wasn't going to play and that we had four players uh, suspended, did not travel with the team. So already there you had a short bench and then Priscilla gets injured and really scary injury, but really glad to hear that she's okay and just sore and resting. Um, But yeah, the team had to, they were shorthanded all tournament and I was really impressed by how they played and the fact that they made it to the semifinals. Um, And they played really well, and the games were really interesting. Boston College was a great game. FSU was a really exciting game. Everyone played. Who did play, played really well. Um, But Louisville is, you know, a national title contender and has been all season. And I think we played really similar to the way we played them during the regular season. Um, I would have liked to see Tiana play in the game, but Coach Q was taking more precautionary measures and did say that she'll be back for the NCAA tournament, but there's no word on Priscilla yet or the four other uh, players who are suspended, but I'm hoping at least we get those four players back if uh, Priscilla is not going to be available in two weeks. Yeah. I mean, really we've seen kind of Syracuse Ben's team play with a short bench numerous times over the years. I feel like Q is a little bit better at using his bench um, than Jim Beheim has been um, over the years. But I, I, I think it's I think what he was able to do in the ACC tournament, even in a handful of games uh, with, you know, a shorter rotation and everything, showed maybe some good adjustments. Overall, I, I think that, you know, we, we've talked about this on the site, um, on Slack, um, among the staff. Like, Q's shown himself to be a great recruiter to this point. And and clearly he's made some great in-game decisions here and there, the 2016 Final Four run being one of those. Uh, and actually felt like they did press UConn a little bit in that uh, title game before, you know, just the inevitable happened. <laughs> uh, nonetheless, though, I, I feel like the last couple seasons, there haven't been so many questions about Q. And I, like, I don't think his job is in jeopardy. And we've discussed on the show here a few times. His job's not in jeopardy, but there is the question of, like, what else does he need to do to get the most out of this team? So, uh, Sarah, I guess I'll ask you, like, what do you – do you feel like, uh, you know, Coach Hillsman is getting what he – like what the most he can out of this group? Or do you think that because of injuries and because of just 
you know, COVID, a long COVID break, a weird season in general. Um, do, do you think that like this was pretty much as good as it was going to get, despite the obvious talent level on this team? Yeah, I mean, this year has been so tough and you know we only see them playing we have no idea how hard it is to practice during covid and travel arrangements and the schedule changes and everything else that goes with that and i think that puts a lot mentally on the players so i don't want to say that maybe they didn't reach their full potential this year because i don't think really anybody could have um yeah i would have i would have thought that the team would be ranked all year and a little disappointed that they never made it back into the ap poll um but you know tiana just came back from a life-changing experience a life-threatening experience and she's played incredible and she's done really great things and unfortunately she's had a couple injuries that have sat her out a couple games and maybe she hasn't been 100% all season but I mean, yeah, I would have, I think with Tiana and Cardoso and Emily and um, Priscilla, just on paper, I would have thought the team would do a little bit better this year. But with everything on top of that, I don't know if it's really Coach Q's um, fault or more of just the situations that have arisen this year. But going forward, I think... I see Camilla being a national player of the year at some point in the next couple of years and whether or not she gets that much recognition and gets to that level, I think will fall a little bit on cue and how the team itself does because great teams, they get recognized for their great players. So I think that will kind of be a reflection on how the next couple of years will go with Q and whether some talks about where expectations are with the team. But as of right now, I think they're doing the best they can with everything they've been handed over the last 16 months or however long it's been. Yeah, I, I think that's a pretty fair take on it. Uh, I mean, Dan, you know, Sarah threw out the idea that we could have a national player of the year. And, and I think that's, that's no small feat uh, for any program, but especially like a non-blue blood uh, like, like Syracuse. I mean, what, what do you think, what, what do you think having that sort of honor for any player on this roster could do for, for the status of the program? Obviously acknowledging that, that Q has been recruiting at a top 10 level for a few years now. I mean, I think it just, it just helps cement you in that like, top couple tiers of recruiting. I think Syracuse has like flirted with that um, for a couple of years uh, during Q's tenure, but it's still on the uptick. Um, I think that would just be another like notch in the, hey, if you come to Syracuse, this is a a pathway available to you. Um, And and I'm just like the whole team. Like I do think that in on paper uh, with the roster that we have this year, it is like maybe a bit disappointing, but there has been so much um, just like upheaval in terms of like, the roster is, is sh- you know, shaken up from, from game to game with injuries, with like kind of unforeseen things. Obviously, Tiana playing back into game shape and then also having to deal with injuries that have kind of kept her from like really being able to focus on like getting back to where she was. And she still played, she's played great when she's played. Um, but I do think uh, one thing that on top of like the talent acquisition, um, that is, I think, at least a decent sign is a couple years ago, even the year like we, we went to the finals. Um, I feel like most games against like the Yukons, the um, the at least a couple of years ago, Notre Dame's uh, like those really elite programs. Like we just did not have a shot. 
um, when we played those games this year, just in the last couple of weeks, like Louisville, um, that 72-59 game was way, way closer than that score. Uh, it was a very close game into the fourth quarter. Uh, the NC State game, uh, one of the best teams in the country a couple weeks ago, very, very close. So, like, they haven't quite gotten over the hump where they're going to pull those upsets all the time, but they don't seem like the non-competitive games that, we're, that we, you know, were playing so often against the top teams, even when we, like, thought we had, you know, something building in that direction. So I, I do think there's there's maybe some, um, like, while there's a, a bit of disappointment in terms of, like, not quite getting over the hump uh, in terms of, like, the kind of season we, we thought we have, I, I do think the team in those individual games does look more competitive than it had even a couple of years ago. Yeah, Sarah, I mean, you know, we've all been watching this team. You've been, like, very closely involved with, um, you know, the women's team for years now. Do, do you feel like you're seeing that gap kind of close um, between SU and, and, and the top tier of the conference? And is that like a necessary kind of middle ground step before they're um, a perennial Sweet 16 Elite Eight Final Four team? Yeah, I mean, I think saying that they're flirting with it is a great way to put it because I feel like every year I'm like, okay, this is the year <laughs> we're going to be top three in the ACC. We're going to at least beat NC State or Louisville one game. And just it doesn't always work out um but there's definitely something holding them back and I haven't been able to put my finger on it and I just think that the ACC is so hard every game you play in the ACC whether it's men's or women's you're not going to just go in and win it that easy I mean they I think the ACC is the most competitive basketball conference I know there's a lot of debate around that but no game is just an easy game to win. And I think that sometimes, you know, we'll lose to Pitt or Wake and that will push it down in the uh, standings. It's just, it's any given game. And I think maybe consistency might be part of it as well, but that's just what I have seen over the last couple of years. That's reasonable. So I, you know, Sarah, we were talking about this before the show started. Um, the ridiculous setup that uh, the women's game seems to have on ESPN where, you know, all the conferences pretty much wrap things up for, in, and then a week later they, they announced the brackets on Monday. Um, so I guess, w- where do you see the women's team getting seated? Do you think that their ACC tournament performance um, helped put, push them up? Do you think injury considerations help maybe push them up beyond where bracketologists have them? Uh, and I guess after you kind of, say where you think they are seed wise, like, do you think that that's an advantageous place for them or would you rather like, or I guess, do you think that there are advantageous matchups for them um, given that seed that you think they're going to get? Yeah. So I think we just have to see how, I think a couple conferences still have a little bit ways to go. So how those play out, um, they're an eight right now, according to bracketology. And I think at the beginning of the season, they were six. And I can see them moving back up to six, just depending on um, how some of those middle tier teams do in their own individual conferences. But if they're an eight, I can see them not having an issue with that or, but I think they're a six, but I'm also a little bit more biased than I guess, (laughs) yes, than the bracketology because I and more looking at all their games and I understand the situations they're going through with injuries and hopefully the committee pays close attention to that and close attention to Tiana, but also just the way the rest of the team played. I mean, Emily 
did fantastic in the ACC tournament and rightfully won the sixth player of the year and was all tournament team. Um, and Digna played really well too. So just hoping that they look a little bit closer on that. But if they don't, I think eight is a good seed for them as well. Yeah. I mean, obviously Syracuse has been in this situation too in recent years where they've been in that eight, nine game and due to the way the bracket shakes out, that usually means facing UConn. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. (laughs) So not ideal. Uh, Doesn't really set up any kind of uh, success. Doesn't set up any sort of East Coast team or just a Northeast team uh, for success uh, when they're kind of potting the bracket that way. Um, Do do you feel like UConn would be the worst uh, one seed for Syracuse to face? Or or Uh... do you feel like there there is a worse situation out there for them? (laughs) Uh, no, they're probably the worst, if we're being honest. I feel like every other people, any other team that's been in the conversation to be a one seed, I think Syracuse, from what I've seen, Syracuse would have a good chance at them. But UConn's UConn, and UConn in March is scary. So <laughs> avoiding UConn and having somebody else, you know, take them down is the ideal situation. But you never know with Syracuse. They could beat them. Yeah, I mean, honestly, like like we were saying, I mean, they, they've they've managed to be more and more competitive against those top teams, and and those don't look like the, the lopsided affairs they once did. Uh, yeah, but yeah, I, I'd very much like to see us avoid UConn, just avoid that that eight nine game. I mean, obviously, even with the challenges, it is up to you to get off that eight nine line. Yeah, <laughs> if, if you can, I mean, even a seven would would do a world of difference. Um, I, I just feel like the the eight nine game becomes a bit of a uh, a death sentence. Um, in, in the women's bracket, at least, because of how good historically the one seeds have been. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think this year it's been a lot closer than I've seen in the last couple of years. I mean, it's usually the same four or five teams in that conversation. And now there's like six or seven that we're seeing talked about. So, I mean, maybe if that happens, I, I never say never. This year has been so crazy and Anything can happen, but um, definitely avoiding UConn is a goal. <laughs> and Dan, I know uh, I'm here from a family of uh, UConn women's basketball loyalists. Uh, yeah, um, I would also like to avoid UConn for uh, myriad reasons. Um, I'm actually like, you know, I would love to see them jump up to like the the seven line, even just I, like for some reason, even though they've beaten us this year, like facing potentially a Louisville as a two seed or an NC State as a two seed. Um, I know the NCAA or the such committee probably try to avoid uh, another ACC matchup, but like the, the difference between a one and a two in women's basketball is all so vast um, that I think even getting into a seven would be a huge boon. So we'll see, uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully they take into account like all the, the missing pieces and like the still pretty impressive play in the, those couple ACC tournament games. But yeah, uh, avoiding UConn would be my first wish. Um, I think in the current ESPN bracketology, they have us in the 8-9 uh, set up to face South Carolina, which will also not be, like, a great <laughs> great thing. <laughs> They're incredible every year. Um, but uh, just I, some for some reason, I think – I don't know if it's if it's a fact with, like, our current players since we, you know, we only face you kind of every so often now. We're not in the same conference. But it just feels like there's a real, like, head game situation with that program that there isn't with others. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's a uh... – I mean, I, I know I feel it as a fan. I, I can only assume that, like, even if not with the players, that there there is just something there, and it's 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 an extra edge that you just don't need to uh, to an NCAA tournament game. Uh, and it's funny because it's not like they haven't won the tournament in like a, a while now. So it's, 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 it's not even like they're, they're 
Yeah, and and it just doesn't feel like that. Like the 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 like allure or whatever hasn't quite washed out yet. So, um, <laughs> but again, like I don't know how the players feel about it. I think they might feel totally differently actually, like being in it versus like us who you know I personally super close to it. Does it's literally my my dad's favorite sports team. <laughs> so you uh-huh. come So um, I guess like that's probably playing into my own uh, part of this, but. Yeah, I, I would rather take, you know, I'll take my shot with Stanford or, or South Carolina or any of these others. Yeah. <laughs> super, super reasonable. <laughs> so I guess, Sarah, to wrap us up here, uh, what would you say is, I mean, seeds aside, what do you think is the ceiling uh, for the Syracuse women's team in, 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 the, uh, in the NCAA tournament, assuming that, uh, that everybody can play? We'll see if they're all 100%, but, but assuming everyone can play in that game, in, well, in these games. If... Priscilla can play, Tiana can play, and they're all right, and we have those four players back. I mean, I say Sweet 16, and if we get lucky, Elite 8, but I'm going to go with Sweet 16. <laughs> all right. Hasn't happened very often, but I, I, I have some faith. I, I feel like, I feel like, yeah. I feel like really, if, if, if Q can bring this team to the next level, I think that. Kind of getting, I mean, obviously, as long as they avoid the eight line. Yeah. Get, get, getting a team, getting a, a potentially underseeded team to the Sweet 16 and, and kind of, you know, overplaying your seed would be ideal since it's not something we've done really at all since the 2016 season. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Dan, I, I know uh, I, I, I know neither of us are the expert that Sarah is, but uh, do, you, do you see a Sweet 16 berth potentially, again, assuming they can avoid that eight line? I think it all depends on matchups. Um, I think it would be a great, it would be a, a real accomplishment this year for all that's gone on. I think um, you start to like, we always talk about this team, like the, the one deep run was awesome. And like, especially compared to the men's run, it was just like an awesome March. Um, but like, it's been kind of a journey trying to get back to that. And even if it's just a sweet 16 and like just maybe one big tournament upset, like kind of making your mark in terms of like Syracuse is a team that knows how to have success in the tournament and can do it with a little bit more regularity would be a, a major step forward. So I, I think that's a good goal. Um, but in terms of like, will they get there? I think it, it all depends on who they get in that second matchup. And, and, you know, they can't, they can't sleep on the first matchup. It's not like we're going to be facing some slouch team and something we're in like the eight, nine or the seven, 10 game. So um, yeah, I, I think there's a, that's a very uh, fair kind of, if not expectation, just like kind of viewpoint on it. Yeah, I, I think realistically, like, you know, I, I won't say Sweet 16 or Bust is an 8 or 9 uh, seed, but I, I think that it'd be great to get there. I, I think I think the goal in any NCAA tournament uh, situation is to win at least one game. I think next uh-huh. year, though, you know, and going forward, Sweet 16 or Bust kind of has to be, given the level of talent, and, and maybe this is unreasonable. I know that some folks I've talked to online think it's unreasonable um, because of just our history as a program. But I do think that when you amass this much talent for this many years in a row, I do think that at some point the, the, the goal has to change, even if you haven't necessarily caught up all the way to it. And I do think like sweet 16 needs to be like a baseline starting yeah. next year for what we need to do. Yeah, I agree with that. Definitely. After this year with whoever our incoming freshmen are going to be, I think with Camila and Priscilla having a whole year under them, I mean, Sweet 16. Come on, Elite Eight. <laughs> <laughs> High hopes, but 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 
I think accurate ones. Yeah. Uh, there, uh, Sarah, anything else, uh, on the women's team before we uh, depart today? No, I just, I'm excited for what's to come. I'm hoping that it'll be a long march (laughs) in a good way and not in a bad way. It's bad when I have to turn to the men for my excitement. So, (laughs) but hopefully the men do well too. So, (laughs) yeah, it's also, we feel the same way lately. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, uh, Sarah, thank you uh, again for joining us. And uh, we, we, we probably ha- we have to revisit this um, in the next like couple of weeks, uh, depending on how brackets shake out for both the men and women. Yeah, I would love to. Thank you guys so much. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So Dan, we're we're at halftime. It was a great segment from Sarah. Uh, really great to you know kind of get a, a more insider's perspective on on the women's team and and show that that we we might not be completely full of it when we're talking about this team either. Uh, it's it's reassuring. We tried. <laughs> <laughs> I've watched I've watched a good chunk of the women's team this year. Like uh, I try to make a point of it. So it's also for like obviously all the complaints about like ESPN Plus and stuff. It is nice that like it's way easier to watch the women's games now than it used to be there. Yeah. That, 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 that's a benefit. And really like, I think the, the, the ESPN plus and like ACC network complaints, the balance there, uh, assuming you get ACC network in particular is while you can't, well, well, it's harder in some ways to watch like the men's basketball games you should be able to watch or the football games you should be able to watch. You also get to watch like the field hockey game you never got to watch before or yeah, the women's soccer game that you never uh, got to watch. It's definitely a trade-off. I wish we could, I mean, and we all thought, like, going in, one of the big things was, like, all right, we don't have to worry about the local, the regional sports stuff. Like, that was, we all thought that was going to be, like, a thing of the past. It obviously hasn't been. But beyond that, like, I I do think, uh, you know, there are positives, especially for those who like a more full experience with their, uh, with their Syracuse athletics, besides just football and basketball, which obviously, like, still, if you, like, know where to look, you're going to find those games. So, that has been one of the nice things. Like you, you know, even these like weird time slot games. It's like, oh yeah, now it's on ESPN. It's on ESPN, the app, the Plus app. So it's 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 there if you want it. And uh, the team's been fun. So very excited because like I think they're pretty much a lot to get in. Um, excited to see what happens with them. Hopefully we avoid like the really awful draws. But uh, you know, it should be assuming we get everyone back and ready to go for for the tournament. Um, I do think there are some hopes that we can like make some noise there. Yeah, I agree completely. So um, shifting from that topic to uh, halftime here, Dan, what have you been drinking lately? Uh, some new stuff or some stuff I haven't had in a bit. Uh, I just finished, uh, I think, the last can of the Riced Riced from Evil Twin, which I totally forgot I had. It was like in the one of those like back of the fridge things that I bought months ago. Um, but I just like grabbed to see what was back there. And like, oh, yeah, this can I probably bought in like November or December. It still, stay, still tasted good, um, which is their citrus potpourri. Uh, Kind of like a creamy lactose, uh, really interesting blend. Um, it's technically an IPA. It doesn't taste like one at all. Uh, but that's to say they really loaded up with t- citrus flavor and uh, milk sugar. 
Um, and then over the weekend, I had some uh, Gentle Persuasion by Torch and Crown, uh, one of the local Manhattan breweries, which is also a milkshake IPA, uh, less aggressively so. Um, decent, not my favorite thing I've had from them, um, but still pretty solid. Uh, kind of more of a section, like 4%, but uh, very drinkable. And then I also had a Tesseract from Grimm, uh, one of their more uh, standard IPAs, uh, New England style, uh, which is always really solid, really nice and hazy. Um, plenty of hops. So yeah, uh, pretty IPA focused weekend, I'd say. Nice. Uh, I didn't have a big variety of things. I kind of just had a handful of uh, selections from Modern Times. Um, I had from Modern Times, and they made this with uh, Heater Allen Brewing in Oregon and Wayfinder in Oregon. Uh, Aracolo, it's a uh, Italian Pilsner that was really, really good. Um, had a Star Metal Ultra. It was a uh, fruit of Berliner Weiss from them. Uh, basically tasted like uh, like hoppy grapefruit juice, like even more so than like grapefruit sculpin does. Um, so really, really delicious there. I um, also had a Max IPA with a Vic Secret from Modern Times. Um, Vic Secret, I think, is a very underrated hop varietal. Uh, big fan of that one. And a uh, really big fan of this beer. And uh, always, always love a good West Coast IPA. So uh, was, was glad I grabbed a four-pack of that. Wish I actually grabbed significantly more. Nice. It will, we will be starting on Sunday in uh, maximum, oh, God, I need a beer season. for. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'll be drinking Max IPAs um, once, <laughs> once we get to Selection Sunday. That maximum is a number of. Yes. We're going to hit... Hit the maximum. See, <laughs> see how how many beers that uh the various issues that uh beef befe- uh, befall our beloved Syracuse Orange uh, lead us to drink. <laughs> Speaking of uh, the beloved Syracuse Orange, uh, beloved being a relative term at times. Um, Dan, we're talking bubble. I, I think that you know over the weekend, I, I think we can firmly establish that uh, Michigan State, Georgia Tech, kind of beyond the bubble. Um, at this point, Michigan State got there uh, by way of upset in Michigan. I think Georgia Tech has done enough uh, to get themselves out of that conversation. And then from there, I think that there, there's a large collection of teams. And now the, the conversation that's gonna that's been happening among Syracuse fans is as the Orange kind of move up in the you know first team out, next four out, whatever. They're now like hovering around that like you know the top of the next four out group. And that has a lot of folks thinking that, you know, one win and they're in. I mean, it could happen, but but largely no, if only because that's not how the bubble usually works. Um, and, and and expecting the bubble to stay as is without any changes, without any bid steals or things like that. Um, you know, going into championship week here is 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 it's just unlikely. Um so, so you don't want to be in a situation where you win one game, you get yourself from like you know, second team out to second team in. Um, and then, you know, a couple upsets happen, then you're right back out. Um, obviously, uh, SU winning two games in Greenboro is going to be a tall order. Um, they'll have to beat NC State in the, in the first game. No easy feat, considering we've already faced them twice. Um, and then, obviously, after that, uh, would face one seed Virginia, um, a team that absolutely smoked us earlier this year. Uh, so Dan, I guess first and foremost, do, do you agree that this team needs to win two games to get into the field? Yeah, the more I think about it, I think the Virginia game just ends up being the decider. Like I think if we beat Virginia, I have a hard time seeing us not making it. Yeah, and if we lose, I just have a hard time seeing us making it. Um, 
like maybe if we, we play really close and like we have some real luck with the teams ahead of us um we could get in and there is some there i just said looking at the the teams i'm just looking at lenardi um i think one of the advantages we do have is that the five teams ahead of us four of them are smaller conference programs um xavier being the uh the other i guess power six uh depends on how you want to label the big east uh and and to be honest like that's just mostly us making like getting in trouble with the big east here um but other than that he, he has colorado state boise state drake and xavier is his last four and then utah state is the first four out the first one out basically right ahead of us um and then st louis right after us so like there's a lot of these teams who if they lose to like one of their conference brethren um it could mean a lot worse things for them because they don't have like you know they don't have a virginia to lose to um that being said i still think being at state and you're like right on the cusp and then but it, it may not be enough because that is you know it's a decent win but it's not like earth shattering it's the third time we beat them um doesn't fix our quad one like, situation no and uh could bump them out of quad one i know they've been like hovering right at that cut line for a bit um but then beat UVA, and I think that is a feather in our cap that will be hard to box us out if you're like a, a Boise State or a Drake. So, um, yeah, no, I think I think it actually ends up being kind of a simple situation where, like, so often it is not for us. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree there. I think Virginia would be uh, it would be the best win among any bubble team, really. Um, I know I think either Seton Hall or Xavier beat Nova, but Nova is a lot. The Nova that they beat is not the Nova that we have now. And I think that, that that's going to be notable. I think that looking at the teams, I, I think that Lenardi and everybody else have Louisville a lot safer than I think they actually are. Um, they're only 13 and six. They're right around the same place we are in net. Four and four on the road is really their best like claim to fame. And then a one and five record versus quad one. So really not much difference from Syracuse. Um, Colorado State, I know you brought up Mountain West teams. Uh, interestingly, CSU and Utah State would face each other in the semifinals. Um, of the Mountain West champ- Mountain West uh, tournament. And I think Colorado State's in a better spot um, based on net, based on road record. I actually think Colorado State can beat Utah State. I think that knocks Utah State out um, in my book. While Utah State beating Colorado State might not necessarily knock the Rams out, but I think it does get Utah State in a much better spot um, to potentially make the field. Boise State has actually been in a bit of a free fall um, they've lost three straight. If they lose to Nevada, um, in the quarters, uh, Mountain West, I think they're out. Um, if they, if they beat Nevada, I don't think they're all the way in. I think they would need to beat San Diego state in that next round, um, in order to make it Xavier. Uh, I know we kind of like alluded to them earlier. Uh, they would face Creighton, um, if they can beat Butler. So like you beat Creighton, I think Xavier puts themselves in a much better spot, but they've been another team that's kind of struggled of late. Uh, Drake's season's over at this point. Um, they lost to Loyola um, in the Missouri Valley title game and managed to drop seven spots in the net because of that somehow. Um, so you should be very confident that the math here works and that the net is good because a team that was good <laughs> lost to another team that was even better on a neutral site and and dropped seven spots. <laughs> I, I do think like... The, the- that kind of goes back to like you 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 would much rather be a power five conference team if you are in this position uh right 100%. or wrong like it's just you get you get more benefit of the doubt and you are not going to have, like even though that loss is even bad i know which doesn't make any sense <laughs> like that's not even a bad loss but like there are more opportunities for bad losses 
Um, it's funny how intently, how intently we should be watching the Mountain West tournament. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm looking at the bracket now. Um, Boise is going to face Nevada, as you said, on uh, the 11th. Um, and then Utah State, who's right around us, is going to face the UNLV Air Force winner, um, which certainly, you know, is not going to be a walkover game for them. And then Colorado State will face the Fresno New Mexico winner in their quarterfinals. So March 11th is going to be a big day, big day for all of us. Um, <laughs> so go Nevada, go running Rebs slash Falcons, and go uh, Bulldogs slash Lobos. There you go. <laughs> the other team, just to kind of finish off the bubble uh, contingent, um, St. Louis, their season's wrapped up uh, after they lost the Bonnies. I know there was some talk on Twitter that St. Louis was going to try to add another game. Uh, I saw that. That's like, it's a ballsy move, but it's because if they lose that game, they're done. Like, then, then, then like there's absolutely no, I, I don't think they have a chance at this point anyway. Um, just because who one they, I, I, didn't, I didn't I see, see who they were looking at. Because, like, who's available? <laughs> I mean, really, <laughs> if like I'm them, if I'm them, like, I don't think Drake would want it, but I feel like St. Louis and Drake, like, that could be a game that helped both of them a little bit if it's close. It could also hurt both of them. Because, <laughs> like, Drake is in, in my book, and I think Drake's in according to most. St. Louis is out, and I think Drake wouldn't do the game because St. Louis could actually swap places with them, being in a better league, if they win. But, yeah, they'd have to find either another A-10 team or somebody else that's, like, like that nothing matters at this point. Um, so I, I don't see St. Louis being able to add somebody. Um, Seton Hall, I think, is too many losses. 13-12, uh, it's not ideal. Uh, Memphis AAC is just not like good enough. So they really need to like do something in the tournament. Um, SMU hasn't played enough games. I know that their net um, has kind of been dropping steadily, um, but they're only 11 and four. They haven't played in over a month. Um, so again, not, not a great situation for them. We'll see if they actually end up being able to play in the AAC tournament. Um, Ole Miss has some nice wins. They know they beat Mizzou. Uh, they pretty much have to beat LSU to to make this a real thing but they are five and six on the road uh again much better than syracuse uh three and four in quad one i think of this this lower group they they're probably the team with the best shot um of getting in i think st john's needs to do a little bit more with a 68 net rating um and then nc state i mean that's really an elimination game if we beat them they're done and if if they beat us i think we're done yeah the, the, the team I didn't add in, into that group on the on article today for Bubble Watch is Duke. Um, and that was mostly because I, I don't think Duke has a bubble resume right now. Um, Duke can, can amass a bubble resume um, if they start picking up some wins. I know they face BC um, in the uh, Tuesday game. Uh, and then after that, they're facing whoever the seventh seed is. Check uh, check me on this. Who is who are they facing? Should have had the ACC tournament bracket up. Yeah, that's my. Uh, they would face Louisville. Yes, um, I. It just seems like everyone is pretty. Like I think Duke needs to probably win the tournament. Like if they went yeah. to the final and like amass like some huge wins, maybe. But like they are very out of the picture. It didn't help that they they literally just came out as flat as the team has ever come out in a must-win team in a UNC. Like, that was that, – that team looks like it's pretty much packed it in. Yeah. And, like, well, it's weird because, like, I feel like since our game when they smoked us, um, they have looked terrible. An ideal situation for Syracuse here would really be Duke beats BC, beats Louisville, and then loses to Florida State. 
because yeah, then Duke, exactly. yeah, Duke doesn't play itself onto the bubble yet. It potentially knocks Louisville off the bubble, depending on your perspective on, on them. Again, like a lot of brackets have Louisville safely in. I don't think they're in. Just, I mean, just by the numbers. Yeah, but look, look at the numbers. The numbers don't necessarily support their case any better than Syracuse's case. Um, they don't really have a lot going on. And, and and that's where I think like Syracuse, if they can beat NC state, if they can beat or at least be competitive with Virginia, I think those resumes be, look a little bit more even if Duke can knock off Louisville. Yeah. I mean, I, I buy that. And also like, I don't think just the Louisville win alone does anything to get Duke anywhere near the bubble again. I think it, you know, they're not really a factor until, until they're playing their way for the automatic qualifier, which doesn't seem like they are, uh, in position to do based on how they've looked since basically the demon and us, as you said. Um, so yeah, no, I think, I think is, you know, we, we are in the mix, but we definitely need to root for outcomes. So we are not, um, we, we are not so safe that uh, we can just like afford to, uh, to do the win one and we should be fine. So yeah, a lot of Mountain West watch, a lot of ACC watch. Um, that's kind of where it's, where it's focused. Like yeah, the rest of the, the teams involved basically in, in our area are either done or kind of like floating behind. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's the thing. Like a lot of the teams are playing catch up. The, like the, the outside of the mountain West teams, it's really mountain West and big East teams to worry about, um, w- which is a, an interesting dynamic, but yeah, the big East teams need to do something. And, and now Seton Hall and St. John's actually face one another in the quarterfinals, assuming they win the first, assuming actually, no, I think they are already in that game. Um, but yeah, they face one another and that me, so whoever loses that game is out. So that's already one team off the bubble, um, in that grouping. So the, there's, again, I don't want to feed the narrative that we need one win and we're in, cause that's not true. But I think that there's a, there's an intriguing bit of, of like elimination that can happen just naturally in this group, which is great. Yeah. But, you know, bid steals, you know, 12 seeds winning conference tournaments, shenanigans like that. Like, obviously, like we, you know, we focused in on those Mountain West games. But if, you know, Nevada makes a run to the to the championship, then San Diego has to take an at-large bid that wasn't there before. And and I just, I, I, I because we've been burned so many times before in this situation, I want everyone to be very conscious of the fact that, like, it only takes one upset. Um, I mean, remember we were the first team out back in 2017. Like we were the first team out back in, you know, 2007. Like it's, it's not hard for a a team, a Syracuse team that seems deserving, um, in, in, in some of our minds, you know, to be left out here just by way of a couple things happening in a certain way. Yeah. This one wouldn't, wouldn't bother me as much as some of the other ones. Oh, same. This would, this would be the least egregious of, of the kind of three that, that we'd be like talking about. Yeah, no, I agree. Last year would have been very interesting, but obviously we we didn't even get to find out. Yeah, no, Sy- Syracuse does does it right. We 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 time we time a missed tournament for a pandemic. Oh, we we we, pandemic. we we time another for for the year that we decide that we're going to ban ourselves in the postseason. I mean, last year we won again. We won the last ACC tournament game. No one can take <laughs> away our our ACC championship. Yeah, this is just some real king shit. We beat, we blew out UNC, a pro, uh, you know, maybe the dominant program in the in the conference. Yeah, blue like, blood yeah, power. It's blue blood power. Um, there, I, I, there are no arguments. I think. Yeah, we, we we didn't lose an ACC tournament game in 2015. 
So, so the way I see it, true. <laughs> so, again, pure, pure king shit from from uh, <laughs> from, from local from local rabble rouser Jim Beheim is uh, <laughs> man in town. Yeah, Jim Beheim in the two seasons that, that it seemed like Syracuse would miss the tournament, um, they are one and zero in in the ACC tournament. Oh God. We really, I, I just want to make it. <laughs> I'm so tired. I just want to, I just want to be excited about, uh, about the possibilities again. Um, and then like, you know, if we do make it, if we make it in because we beat UVA, I'll let's say we lose to Georgia Tech after that. Although I think like, you know, there's no reason we couldn't beat Georgia Tech, but let's, let's like say that. Um, I think we're probably, I don't know. We, do we, do we even jump past the playing games? Like maybe. I think if what we, happens. to be honest, if we beat Virginia, I think we're past the playing games. It's yeah, I, I think it's just such a big win and it fills so many holes in our resume. And also we'd be seven and three in our final in our last ten. Um, assuming we lose to Georgia Tech after. And again, it would be UVA. I kind of think I am gonna be riding high going to that Georgia Tech game. because <laughs> uh, it's not like it's not like they killed us last time. Like we we shot ourselves in the foot over and over. Um and so but let's let's set, say that. Then like maybe we're like a nine seed. Um I don't know. I, I, I think we're like the kind of team that, that could that could have some weird stuff happen and make the Swiss team again. Like I think it's it's it, it'll probably be it'll probably feel more likely than when we beat Michigan State. Yeah. I mean let, let, let let's play this whole thing out though. Like realistically, like not saying it would happen. If they beat Virginia, I think that they move up to I think they move up to a ten, like the last ten. I, I think if you beat Georgia Tech, I think now you're a nine. Yeah, if you be, if you if you go to the what we'd be what in the ACC, we'd be in the ACC finals, right? That that would put no, us in the finals. Be, yeah, that would yeah. put us in the final game against Virginia Tech and Florida State. I think if you if think if you win, I think if you win the ACC tournament and 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 which would result in an all time Jim Beheim press conference. Oh God, it'd be like it'd be like like Def Jam, like it'd be outrageous. <laughs> He'd say. He'd say everything he's been like, everything that even he's been too guarded to say this year would all come out in like one five minute burst. Oh yeah, Jim's been be incredible. Jim's been in the lab uh, with, with his own version of hit him up. <laughs> <laughs> who, told, who taught Jim the word ether? Um, it's, yeah, it's, if, uh, if they wanted, if, if they won the, the conference, you probably put him on the seven line. Probably. If maybe, uh, yeah, it'd basically be like the year Jerry, but like it'd be 06. It'd be the 06 Redux. We well, the 06, the 06 probably, yeah, got yeah. overseeded into a five. I mean, do, even the five or a six, and then we'd lose to like, we'd lose to who'd be like on the 12 line. So we'd have, we'd have, that's when we played Colgate and they beat us. Yeah. The Bonnies would just like smoke us. Oh, <laughs> God. Stupid. After, after Jim said he'll never schedule them again. Yeah. Oh, their fans would be absolutely horrible online. The, the, the We'd have Waz in our hands. mentions, like <laughs> uh, Bonnie's Hive. What up? Yeah, right, so Dan. that's a bad. I'd much rather like. Yeah, I, I actually. It, it's stupid to say I'd rather be like just a seven or an eight than than like get overseated like that because like in it should help you, but like it just feels like a bad karmically. So, yeah. yeah, I'll just just give me a, give me a, give me the nine. Let Michigan State make some noise and play the rep of the eight, and then we'll face them in the first round. I'd be totally fine with that. 
<laughs> Let Tom Izzo like learn about the zone again. Give me it. I just give me the ten. Give, give me the ten because I, I I don't think that there's a one seed we could compete with under any circumstances. I just don't really want to play in the playing game. No, but I, I feel like I feel like I feel like in the ten we can avoid the plan. If, if they just decide to That's, make the, the, both eleven seeds the plans, then we're good. Yeah, it, it depends on the it depends on what they do. Right. Yeah, I'm fine with that. I'm fine. I, I mean, the ten was great for us last time. Um, totally okay with that. Uh, we're in whatever the year we were in ten was. Um, yeah, and the two seeds like let me see, like what what, what do the two seed lines look like? This is we're getting so far ahead of ourselves. <laughs> we're, well, we're 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 just having fun with numbers now. That's true. I'm trying to. Uh, so the two seeds that he ha- that Lenardi has right now are Iowa, nope. Ohio State, nope. Alabama, Houston. I don't really want to play any of them. No, I don't want to play any of them either. I do think that that, that the ten seeds though, like it wouldn't take much to like we can't. I don't think we could overtake Rutgers just because they beat us. Like we could overtake Maryland, UCLA, or Louisville. That's not really that hard to do. They're all trending like not in a great direction. Right. So is Rutgers, but but they have the head to head, which would probably I mean it doesn't mean everything, but if it came down to it, I think it would mean something. Yeah, no, I, I agree there. And also revision I the think Bonnies the are in nice play Ohio State. Yeah, I agree. I think with if, that. If, if if Iowa, I just think Garza is a nightmare for us. Like they haven't been playing great, but he's just that's a terrifying match. Absolutely roast Alabama us. is just so deep and like so athletic. Houston is just like that mid-major, like run and gun power. I think Ohio State we'd have a shot because they just have they haven't been playing great. They're talented and they're good, but I think they're they're like the the team that's most suspect. They're on a four-game losing streak right now, um, so I think they could be had. Uh, but the other four, the other three, I don't like. Yeah, I, I agree there. Also, the, uh, the the 12 seed that we'd face if we were somehow ma- magically a five, um, <laughs> Drake. Drake is absolutely the the matchup we'd get and, and would deserve. Um, we could get Toledo and then bring up the extra point that we didn't make but made, and then and then and then beat them <laughs> by and then, beat them, and then beat them by one. Beat them by one on a shot that like wasn't quite off of someone's fingertips, but some for some reason the review didn't work. Yeah, or like, or like the, the we thought the shot clock expired, but it did not. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just I, I'll just be so happy if we make the tournament that it, I'm not even gonna get that worked up of what happens. But generally, when we sneak into the tournaments uh, in stupid ways, like it tends to be okay. So yeah, lots of fun. Hopefully, we can have like more uh, actually substantive discussion about who we're facing <laughs> uh, this time next week, which is crazy. It, it does not feel like Selection Sunday is like a couple days away. Yeah, it's definitely a weird. I mean, this whole just year has been weird. So yeah, I, I I don't I don't know what to think anymore. I'm just I'm gonna play this game by game, Dan, and, and everyone else should do this. I same. will say, I will say, and I've been very lukewarm on college basketball this year for the reasons probably a lot of people are. Um, it just has it's felt very strange. Um, the, the the small conference tournaments have kind of gotten me back sucked in. So uh, they're they're doing their job. Yeah, I I, 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 have, I have I have Greensboro Mercer on right now. Uh, oh man! Like I'm, I'm just yeah. Just there's a lot of these. A lot of these games have been really good. So hopefully, hopefully everyone does smart things and we can like get through this tournament. I want it to happen. Um, as like iffy as it seems, the NCAA's plans are here. Uh, hopefully, hopefully that's uh, you know it, we we can get through it. Agreed. Agreed.
Well, Dan, thank you as always for our, uh, our unique brand of tomfoolery. Thanks, Sarah, for joining us earlier for a much more substantive conversation about what's actually happening on the court. But yeah, yes, we, had a good, we, had, uh, we had a good time. Let's hope for a good time next week in a different way. This is March. This is March. Uh, and that was Dan. I'm John. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening to Troy Noon's Absolute Podcast. You can rate, review, subscribe on iTunes, Megaphone, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify, Overcast, wherever you listen to podcasts, and go orange. Go orange. <laughs>